One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, this is Ian Lee. Thank you so much for downloading Ian Lee's Random Access Memories, a retro gaming podcast. Do check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ian Lee, I-A-I-N-L-E-E. And also go to my YouTube channel and look for the Random Access Memories there. Again, it's youtube.com slash Ian Lee. Thanks for downloading. Do you know know who Stuart Ashen is? Uh, Now, I know the name, but I can't think who it is. Right. He's he's a a YouTuber who has been in the game for... I think it's I think it's nearly fifteen years or something like that. I mean it's it's certainly like one of the longest running success- Are we in the podcast yet or is this private? If we want to be. I mean I'm about to talk about microphone issues. So Let's talk let's talk about okay, microphone sure. issues. Okay, We're sure. in. Actually let me just say first of all, um this is uh, Elliot the Retro Future is your YouTube channel. But we're in the middle of a story as you join us, dear listener. Go on, carry on. So, yeah, just before we started the podcast, we were checking that microphones were recording. And it just yeah. it just reminded me of a very funny story because uh, you were explaining a story that you experienced in um, radio. I, was did, it? I recorded an interview yeah. for the radio and I didn't have the other person's microphone. Yeah. That wasted It wasted an entire afternoon. And I was just going to explain that that, that kind of happened to me as well. And it's, it was a really funny story. Not so funny, but also kind of funny. Um, I got the opportunity to meet, um, this was about five years ago when I'd kind of just started YouTube and yeah. I'd, and, it, and it started growing into something. There used to be this um, building in this place that, you, that YouTubers could go to if they had 10,000 subscribers in London in the Google office in St. Pancras International. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a really great thing and, and they've stopped it now because everybody has 10,000 subscribers nowadays because it's really easy to get to with the shorts algorithm and stuff. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I had the opportunity to meet at the time and still one of my favorite YouTubers of all time, Stuart Ashen. And uh, we're really good friends now as well, which is cool because, yeah, cause, um, yeah we, we get along really well. We've been friends for probably like three or four years. I mean, it's been uh, it's been great. He's been a huge help to, to my channel and also just like as a mentor and stuff. So got the opportunity to meet him, went into St. Pancras, um, 
from Jersey as well. I'd flown over <laughs> and, uh, and we go to the YouTube space because it was the first place we were meeting and it was a mutual sort of safe ground and I could have been a crazy fan. Yeah. And, uh, and I was, but just not that crazy. Um, I got the opportunity to record a bit of us, us meeting. I asked him if he, if he wouldn't mind um, having a little chat and got back home listen to the to the clip and it is literally just like (laughs) and then he'll just go like (laughs) and all of the audio was just completely like almost useless and i just cranked it all up so all the background noise is just like all over the place i was doing this on like windows movie maker so it's very very restricted put the video out and all of the comments are just obviously about the audio and it was just like i know okay god damn it i forgot to check that everything was okay and <laughs> always check everything yeah. always oh, um i should let's introduce you properly so you are a youtuber the retro future is well you've got you're saying you've got more than one chunk because i've been watching the retro future um where which is a joy let's talk about that one first which is a joy basically it's you well, the ones I've seen, it's you buying a load of old tap from Japan and it coming. And oh, it's not tap. That's that's harsh. Um, and it's these beautiful. Some of them are beautiful consoles. Some of them are in a terrible, terrible state when they come through. But it's so exciting as a as a retro fan, as a 50 year old geek, as a fan of Japan. I just went there this summer with my kids. Oh, great. It's wonderful seeing all of this stuff come out, but also hearing your delight. As you open the boxes and you see what's in there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, unboxing stuff is always exciting. And um, it kind of came like in a really uh, natural, unexpected way that the unboxings of Japan's stuff turned into its own thing on my channel because I was obviously just ordering it all in from all over the world to, to, to make my videos. And then a company reached out to me in Japan that does like sort of proxy service yeah. where, where you can like buy and, and all and their name is Sendico. Um, you can bid on things from, sorry, not buy What's it called? What's that one called? The huge one. I've used a pro basically it's difficult to order stuff from Japanese yes. Yahoo yeah, yeah, and yeah. Japanese eBay. Yeah. So you order yeah. something and it gets stored in a warehouse. And then yeah. when you've got enough, you hit the trigger button and it gets sent over. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and, and then I just was filming that too. And then people really enjoyed it. But the problem with that is, with YouTube in the way that it is, I had to call the first one like unboxing $1,000 of Game Boys because that's a really like, <laughs> what the hell? Who's doing that and why are they doing that? And then the next one is like, it can't, the next one can't be unboxing $250 because the way that YouTube is, is like that would just be an inferior video. So it would yeah. just not do as well. So then I had to keep up in the game. So it'd be like crazy amounts of money on Game Boys for these... Uh, for these unboxing videos and the money was just not recoverable at all it was just a terrible idea but um but yeah no ordering stuff i unbox stuff i review stuff i repair stuff yeah the repairs yeah, are great you were saying about the restorations and i probably am one of the only people that gets excited about seeing dirt and grime because i know that that's going to be a satisfying thing to clean it's beautiful i saw you um one, i watched a few and i watched you repairing um uh, the, is it the game boy mini was was that micro the, the game boy micro taking yeah. that apart putting on a fake um case oh it was like it's it's so cathartic and relaxing just to watch you doing that and then the this the, the pleasure that you have when it's done and you realize you've done a good you've done a good thing and made something beautiful again 
Yeah, I mean, I I obviously grew up with these um, these items, you know, the Game Boy and the DS and stuff. And so I guess like I kind of have a bit of a, a I, I want to I want to kind of do what's right by these items and how important they were to me at, yeah. in my life. And so what, when you see them in terrible condition and they're really not that complicated to work on. Um, so the electronics are just so well made and so simple that most of the time the, the board can just be saved by just wiping it down with a toothbrush. But then the plastic is it's a handheld item. It gets so gross. And uh, and so just scrubbing that off, painting it if it needs it, if it needs it, bleaching some of the plastic if it needs it. And the video is obviously very aesthetic. And I think that's where people enjoy it. I have been cool twice in my life to my kids. My kids are uh, nearly 12 and 14. I've been cool twice. Once was when I did I'm a Celebrity about five or six years ago. That is very cool. It is very cool. Uh, the second time was when Ryan Reynolds replied to one of my tweets. And the third That's really time... Cool. That's really that was cool. great. I was over the moon. The third time was when I said, you are coming. I said, oh, got, there's a YouTuber coming on the podcast. Oh, who is it? It's the retro... What? Elliot? I said, yeah. Wait, he wants to come on your show. I said, yeah, they were blown away because they are aware of you. They are fans of yours. Also, there is the connection with Mr. Beast. They go, but he's done videos with Mr. Beast. Why would he want to go and talk to you? Um, what's it like having fans like that who I get mean, proper <laughs> excited about you and your stuff? I mean, I have to say that is all very kind and very, very lovely. And a big hello to your children. Um, and thank you to them for, for watching my videos. Um, but that is a very uncommon scenario. Right. Okay. I mean, I will say I get recognized in town uh, probably like twice a month or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just because Brighton's got a lot of um, young people and also YouTubers. So people are kind of always on the eye out and on, keep their eye out and stuff. And, and it's, so it's quite uncommon. Um, however, that being said, I have been for some reason somehow recognized in japan in new york um and in france um (laughs) but it is it is very much like once or twice a month and the blessing of it is that everybody who i have met has always been really amazing and really interesting and really cool and and because my channel's not that big i mean i'm not mr beast and i'm not other huge youtubers i'm just like a size that is like kind of respectable and they can see my hard work from the amount of videos that I've made. And so when I meet them, it's just this mutual like, or like, like respect rather than kind of ego. And then like, yeah, obsession. It's not, it's not like that, you know, but your channel's good. You've got big numbers. Mm. I mean, big in the, in the retro niche, Right. I would say, um, I would say it's, it's uncommon for YouTubers in like this retro niche with a few yeah. exceptions of massive YouTubers that delve in every now and again. A um, hundred thousand views or more is like really in the sort of top 20 channels of, of retro gaming and stuff like that. Um, and I'm kind of just like on or below that line. So so my channel is like quite big in that sense, but in the, in the wider uh, spaces, it's very small. I am a big, I don't want to bang on about Miss Beast the whole time. I'm a big fan of Carl, of his entourage. I, I love Carl and that video of you, I think you build a PC that in an Xbox case. That is crazy that you know about that. Because that video didn't really do that well. So that's, I, it's that's awesome. I, well, 
I'm a big Carl fan. And that video is beautiful. You build this wonderful, gorgeous thing for him. And again, the thing I like about you, a lot of the YouTubers, right, is the ones I seek out and my kids point me in the direction of is where it's joy, where it's joy and laughter and happiness. And his face when he gets that that machine, it's just stuff like that is magic. You know, Carl is a big nerd. And so um, and so he genuinely has like a nerdy energy about about him and and his obsessions and stuff there. I mean, he he loves like anime and manga yeah. and cartoons. And, you know, even in his house, he's got like a VHS player set up. He's got an N64. He's got a, I think he's got like a, a GameCube and a Wii and just everything Brilliant. just out um, for him to use regularly. Yeah, I mean, he is genuinely a, a big nerd. So to get asked to do a project like that from someone who really cares about yeah. this kind of stuff and someone who is obviously hugely influential, it's it's such a complete blessing and honor. And and those th- sorts of things I've been very blessed with in my career to have those opportunities. You know, we'll talk more about your career in a second. We should probably talk about the game that you have brought today. I, every week I ask a guest to bring a retro game. I leave the term retro very vague, open to interpretation. Yours is a Game Boy game. Can I just rudely interrupt you? Yeah, go on. Can you also hear that beeping? That's my dishwasher. <laughs> let, let me go. <laughs> let me go and stop it. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I just wanted, it felt like we needed to acknowledge it because it seemed like it just kept happening. And I was like, is that happening? Is that me? I, I was, work it out. Can we, we should probably start the whole thing yet. I was hoping, I was, well, I was hoping that no one could notice it. I thought, there, there we go. That's, uh... Wait, you think we're going to have to do the whole thing again? No, of course we're not going to do the whole thing again. <laughs> My standards are significantly lower than, than yours, Elliot. Okay. Also, I just have to say for a minute, because you started that segment off about, about how, how you've only been cool three times to your kids yes but you've had a very successful career in right. tv and in radio and now in your in your podcast and on streaming yeah. and stuff and so it's also a big honor to me for me to to meet someone like yourself wow and i'm and i'm certainly uh in a different sort of space to you you've gone down conventional routes um and and now you are um doing this completely off of your own back which is incredible yeah um and i'm that sort of like new media era kind of weird person who just grew up with their face glued to a screen um but yeah you're a, yeah well make well, sure you, you make sure you keep your yourself regarded highly you know highly thank you man yourself. i i appreciate that and we'll, we'll go to the game in a second because now you've set me off on a, uh, on a tangent because there are a lot of, i'm 50 and there are a lot of people my age a lot of parents who think that YouTube and YouTubers are not a real... It's not a real thing. Oh, it's, it's not. not. It's not. It's really well, not. <laughs> but it, it, it is in the in the fact that people... YouTube, some YouTubers are famous. You you make a living out of it. Yeah, um, I mean, I've, I've, I've been... Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, like, there's so many levels to it, though, because um, YouTube is, is not like a conventional career in the sense that if you do five years in YouTube... And then you have to go back out into the real world. Whilst you've got some experience in lots of different things, you're not a professional yeah. at anything. And nowadays you can make YouTube videos just with your phone talking to a screen. So you're not necessarily going to be a professional videographer and editor. And so, um, so it's, a, it's, a very, it's a very 
scary career in a way because you're spending right. a lot of time with an opportunity that is fantastic but but doesn't give you a great sense of security and i certainly haven't earned money that is gonna um n- not mean that i'll have to work for the rest of my life the, m- the day youtube ends i'm looking for a job do you know yeah. what i mean um so yeah it's kind of a weird one i think there's a lot of misconceptions about it just being like well, that's it. You're a millionaire suddenly and, and you don't have to yeah. work again, you know. How often do you have to... I, my, fa- my boys, when they were a bit younger, were big fans of Dennis Daly. And we would watch... And he stopped doing YouTube for quite a long time because he, he was depressed. He was struggling with it. The relentlessness. He was, having, mm. he was having to play Roblox because that's what his audience wanted and he didn't want to play that anymore. Good grief. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and he came back. He came back after about four or five months away. And did this amazing video I watched with my kids, and it was great because we could have a chat about it, about how the push for him to deliver videos was relentless and how he was doing stuff and he wasn't happy doing it, but he felt he had to keep doing it because if he stopped, the audience would disappear. It was incredible, really incredible. And it opened up a really important conversation between me and my kids about mental health and about doing stuff, if you can, that makes you happy. I'm wondering, what is the pressure like for you how often are you doing videos do you feel you can take a break if you need to yeah i mean i don't know his specific circumstances and how often he uploaded um but certainly i mean i have elements of 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 pressure put on myself from the the fact that youtube is very relentless i mean i i certainly understand that if i stop tomorrow it, it goes downhill until as i said yeah i need to look for a job you know you're, you're it's rare that videos can just in the videos from the past can just suddenly get a second wave yeah. later on i mean that it is possible and it does happen and it probably equates to uh you know five to ten percent of my monthly earnings that also would have that would slowly peak you know kind of fall off as i if i yeah. stopped uploading so yeah there's a lot of pressure but i'm very lucky in the um i don't have a, a any sort of daily upload schedule that would definitely cause someone to go absolutely insane i can upload once or twice a week three times a week once a week four times a week i can do sort of like i'm free to do pretty much anything yeah. because my lifestyle doesn't require a huge amount of money um and and so i don't have to be so like money focused on 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 it which um which is because i renovated a house and got quite lucky with um with that to 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 buy the next house and not have to pay so much every month on mortgages and rent and all the rest of it so that gives me a lot of freedom and that was my goal in youtube was to get to that point um so that then i can just upload because i love it and i want to rather than upload because i have to and i know a lot of youtubers upload because they have to and if you end up wanting to do something different on youtube to then shift your content into that is very tricky and it can work um but it's it's often it's often met with immediate sort of failure because your the algorithm doesn't like it your audience is used to a certain type of content and right. then to continue to push through that to get to a point where you're getting a new audience based off of that subject or some of your audience from your previous content is converting into liking your new content but that's very uncommon that that works and so often what happens is people are then cornered into uploading a certain type of content and if they on a day-to-day basis and not wanting to play that knowing that they've got the next you know seven days of work every single week to to constantly be keep playing this game that can that could inevitably cause people to just completely burn out like utter, completely and utterly burn yeah. out and it, and no one puts that pressure on you other than your 
your own mind and some people are so business focused and career focused that they forget that it's not a sustainable thing and so they take the opportunity because they're working hard and then they work harder and then they their business is growing their their money is is um increasing and then they suddenly are getting caught up on the fact you know catching up to them is that is that mental health that they need to be taken care of and so youtube is something that you have to respect in that sense for sure is it just you have you got a team do you have editors it's just me yeah sorry if that discussion right. went on for a while i got it's, no, quite, no, it's no, something no. i'm very passionate about because i've been doing youtube for nearly six years and and yeah. i have to really consciously consider my um my mental health in youtube not not well, that i struggle with it as such but just in the in the burnout is so real for for a creative person to be forced to be artistic all the time and and that's why i, I then went on you know to ask about whether you have a team because i know a lot of the bigger youtubers have teams so you're you're doing everything hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, I don't don't have a team. I wouldn't be able to afford someone's salary um and then so i i would be able to afford maybe editing but some of the editing that tech channels do especially tech in the sense of like repairs that only so many people would be able to edit that sort of content because they might not know what is even happening and you might be the only you know it's often i edit videos and then do a voiceover afterwards to make everything that i've done make sense um so I, I can only be I could be the only person to do that. I mean, it would just be yeah. it would just be insane to to, to train someone to, to edit that. And I also don't make that many videos. And so editing is just a part of the job and it doesn't take up all of my time. Um, and especially like the Japan ones, I would not want anyone else editing that. That is like sit down cup of tea two to three days of just finding great music looking through great clips and then creating this like little mini documentary about my time in japan i wouldn't want anyone else to edit that and i couldn't afford a cameraman i yeah. couldn't you know it's it's not that big i mean my channel's big in some senses but you know i can't i wouldn't be i wouldn't be earning two people's salaries and it being profitable you know so so what we will talk about the game in a minute i promise so how do you look after your mental health and you're obviously aware of what youtube is what that machine is and you respect that but how if you're doing all of this on your own how do you keep yourself sane and well well uh sane is a strong word that's true (laughs) um no i would say i would say 
you know, one one of uh, YouTube is a very isolating job. Okay, mm. but luckily I'm quite antisocial, so that's great. It just means that I can just like stay in my room, play with my nerdy toys, and just get the camera out and start talking to my nerdy audience. It's fantastic. Um, obviously, I sit. I did say that um, burnout is real and that can happen, but the YouTube is isolating until you start making more YouTube friends, and right. then when you make really good YouTube friends. Um, you know, they understand everything so well and they look out for your best interests all the time. You know, I've got I've got several YouTube friends who um, regularly reach out to me and I talk to them and, and we both vent to each other. We can both yeah. give advice to each other. It's not a friendship based on doing collaborations as well, which can sometimes lead to a lot of difficulty for a lot of YouTubers. Um, they're all in different spaces to me. And it just means that you can essentially like help each other in the mental health department because good friendships are like that anyway but they all understand it so well yeah um and yeah so i'd say like that really and also just i have other interests that i don't film and that and that can keep that for myself and um not feel like i'm just giving myself to the internet and and uh i don't ever talk publicly about my private life i did do that to begin with when i was young and naive and um google search results shows that i made mistakes in in the talking yeah. publicly about my life um department and so i i reserve a lot of things to myself people only know me of my youtube um my what you see on youtube is all you can know about me and that's about 10 percent of who i am trip world on the game boy oh, what a segue <laughs> <laughs> we had to get in there at some point there was a yeah. pause for breath let me grab it Go and grab it. Now, I I had not heard of this game, and I looked it up, and it's one of the rarest games. Look at that. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is a, a lovely little thing. I mean, Trip World is... I would say it's it's up there with probably being in the top 10 most expensive games for the Game Boy, but right. that, that has to be prefaced with the fact that, with a few exceptions, that means $100 or £100, okay. pounds, you know? So it's not it's not the rarest in, in it's not that expensive and rare. It's just um also Game Boy games now, I mean Pokemon's forty pounds. Yeah. Which is crazy. But that's it's weird because like the top end of the price of rare things on Game Boys and, and the rare Game Boys and stuff like that hasn't really gone really high. It's just the lower end of stuff like the actual price of a Game Boy and the price of Pokemon, which is the only two things that most people care about. Those are now well expensive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're you're not rich if you have like you're not like mega wealthy if you have a boxed Game Boy in your cupboard. They're um they're just like a price that reflects their desirability, which is I like, remember when you could go in the shop you could get Game Boys for like fifteen quid because no one wanted them. There's always that thing with tech. Everyone wants it, no one wants it. Oh, it's retro and yeah. not, no one's looked after them. Yeah. Yeah, well, that yeah that that is so depressing when you think about it. Imagine just quick quick hop in the TARDIS, go back to HMV or or wherever, and just like yeah. just or Blockbuster video, and just loading up the boxes of unboxed Pokemon games. Because some, if you if you are um, someone who just happens to own a Pokemon game that was never opened for the Game Boy, which is a very select few people, yeah, um, those sorts of things have like four or five thousand pound price tags associated with them wow. in, in certain circumstances yeah you know, they have to be really good condition and uh, and stuff like that so 
yeah it's crazy if, if people if like a shop just had like i always imagine what if i was allowed to go to the back of a tech shop and then just look in the behind the door that says like um discontinued and then you just find boxes of brand new sealed stuff from from uh, the 2000s that would be crazy but that was always the way with toys is you know like i, I, I was 19, born 1973 and as early as the early 90s unopened star wars figures from i don't know 78 whenever it came out mm. were, were worth money and that's always been the way and, and i remember my, getting some toys as a kid and my parents saying we well, should keep that in the box that'd be worth something no i want to rip the box open and yeah. play with these things yeah. that's what these things are, are made for is to yeah. be opened and handled and, and those old cartridges are tactile you feel them you click them in they're meant to be played what games did you uh what, what games did you play with well I'm a lot older than you, so I grew up with like the BBC Micro and well, the ZX I've, I've Spectrum. Heard of that. I've heard of them. <laughs> Thank you, young man. So I played. What games did I play? What is it? The rubber keys, the ZX Spectrum. That's the ZX Spectrum. Is the rubber keys? I didn't have a Spectrum. We got a BBC because it was educational. And that's the one with tapes, right? That was cassettes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah crazy. It, it, <laughs> it was crazy, <laughs> and it would take five, six minutes for a game to load. But I played. There was a game called. Was there Elite. like one TV in the town? Like, <laughs> there, <laughs> shut up, you. No, but we we had two TVs in the house, but one of them was a black and white portable that lived in mum and dad's room. That's so you would sick. Have, That's really it's cool. wild, right? So you'd have to shout, "Mom, can I use the black and white?" Yes, you can. Yeah. And you set it up, and that was it. And you'd you'd plug it in the back, and you'd have to tune it tune it in those were the days no the handhelds we had had with those little one game things like i had a thing called mini Munchman or astro oh, yeah, wars yeah, yeah. stuff like, the, like uh, that the, the little uh, else like game and watches basically but yeah yeah, yeah. game and watches because yeah. there was some that before that were like little tiny um like almost like what's that um like filament bulb kind of like yeah. m- mini tiny little filament kind of There was a, f- a driving game that someone yeah. had that was yeah, one yeah. of those at school that I was yeah. deeply envious. No, I'm from of. I'm from that era where like me and my brother only had one laptop to share and so we would argue and my mum would would have to like Jesus, dictate the time that we share. could play it on. I know well it was I mean I I grew up Tough like, times. I know yeah, I grew up in uh, um <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about these are the stories we need to talk about, you know, like one whole really expensive <laughs> laptop to share as a child to play minecraft like that's the uh, the real problems in the world um now we uh i grew up in uh the early 2000s so i was born in i was born in 98 and so i started remembering things probably at like two, at like 2008 or something like that um i remember writing like 2010 in my textbook at school that's how i kind of remember time as a kid um and yeah no we had things like um bop it that was huge like bop it was massive it was bop is fun yeah Um, past the sausage we had those like did you have those like they were just stilts two buckets bit of string what stilts oh the 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 buckets that you stood on yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, when i went to school that like we we would get there would be like this guy that just walked around with a bag of like playground toys and um and you'd have to like share, like you'd have to take it in turns to like use them and stuff. And yeah, great times. I didn't, I wasn't really a massive like gamer really growing up as a kid. Well, how, cause I, I wasn't going to ask your age cause I'm not implied, but you've, you've given it away. 
I missed out on the game. I, I got bored of computer games for a bit, and then then one day I saw the Sega Saturn and went, "Oh my god, games have got amazing!" Yeah. But how come you were into the Game Boy? Because that was like early nineties, wasn't it? Mid nineties. Yeah. Well, I mean, so that's the thing. Like, I that's why I don't really say that I'm um, like a a gamer. I'm not a gamer really at all. It's kind of weird. Right. I'm, not, I'm not like a computer gamer. I play like a little bit of computer games with some friends sometimes, but yeah. I'm not like an Xbox. I don't play Xbox. I don't really play Switch. Like I played Switch when Link's Awakening remake came out. Um, you know, I'm just not really a massive gamer. Like I grew up at the skate park and, and I grew up in Jersey. So I spent a lot of time surfing and, and in the, in the, on the sand dunes running around. And, and so um yeah the game boy though was the one thing in my life that me and my brother grew up with that that just stayed there throughout you know we always had a game boy then we always had a ds then we always had a dsi and a 3ds because that was like you know super mario that was a that was a big part of our life so um so yeah the game boy was the game boy advance sp was my first one but my brother had a game boy advance and that was probably like 2004 2005 Mm. Um, so there's this kid, there's this photo of me on, um, my Instagram about, uh, like me as a kid playing with a Game Boy on my, on my, on a sofa somewhere in, in the world. Can you see? Oh, look at that. Oh, there you go. Look at that. Look how intently you are staring at the screen. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I still have that Game Boy. I still have that exact one. I actually like for a video recently, um, repaired it and and like put it back to original again and because i i like i had doodled like loads of stuff on the top of the game boy and then in when i went through a phase of like why the hell would i want that i'd put like some awful aftermarket zelda shell on it and then later on in five six years later i'm like well obviously it needs to be as it was so i put that doodled shell back together in the video and and uh that was a really special video because i did like a little doc like a mini documentary about how crazy the journey's been to get from that photo to like it being my full-time job i mean it's so weird what the hell happened um we've only got a few minutes left we really should talk about this game i'm terrible with podcasts i literally just <laughs> waffle now forever yeah i'm sorry i love it i know i love it i love it i love it the whole point of this is the game is kind of just like the the, the way in okay. everything else is what it is about you just Why? need to tell me to shut up just be like okay back never. to back to the important stuff Elliot. i would i would never do that <laughs> i'm enjoying this too much okay good. why why trip world did you play it as a kid no thanks trip- very much for joining me Elliot. <laughs> i just now i'm going the other way where i want to keep everything one word no, um, Trip World uh, is well. Trip World was like a really um, like famous game in the Game Boy world because it's expensive. And so then, when um, I started needing to buy that those things to make videos, I looked out for for a copy of it and eventually found one. Um, and what what draws me to Trip World is that it pretty much perfectly encapsulates everything about gaming that we have lost. Right. <laughs> you know like you just plug it in the game just starts there's no like where's there's no waffle there's just, like there's maybe a little bit of text but it's like keeping it short and sweet there's not like three four minute um cuts where they're just like acting like yeah it just gets straight into a game that you don't have to know anything about and all you're doing is just like jumping around and it's just like i love that about games that from the past you know like tetris i don't yeah. want to fully immerse myself 
for hours into a game because I unfortunately don't have the time to do that right now in life. And, uh, and so I just want a game that I can just pick up, turn on, play, enjoy. And Trip World for me is a really unique way of doing that. I remember I tried Red Dead Redemption 2 and I found it so boring. Yeah. And someone said to me, it, no, 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 stick with it. It gets good after eight hours. I know, but that's the thing with like Breaking Bad. It's like, dude, I don't want to watch like four seasons of backstory to get to the, to you know, it's just, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes, um, sometimes it's just too much. I mean, it's not too it really much for is. everyone because my God, games are probably one of the most popular things. Like it's got to be one of the most popular things in the world, just the games. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, and and so some people are obviously love the full on experience, like the full. You see those people on like online who have like a car in their room for their like four screen car <laughs> setup, and it's like that guy clearly wants games. Like I just want like a little bit of of game. Yeah, you know? I do like I I like um, something you can switch on. You play it for twenty minutes. I lied. I, I have been called for my kids again. They think I'm brilliant at Pac-Man. I can get to the fourth screen, but to them, that's like... That is, well, to be fair, mate, that's pretty good. Bad. That's it's pretty not bad, good. is it? But stuff like that, where, where yeah. my, my young, uh, eldest has got a, a quarter, one of those quarter-sized Pac-Man cabs in his room, where you can turn it on and you can go, right, I'm just going to spend 10 minutes and I'm going to have a little go at this, and, and, that's, and that's it. And I did have a go did at you Trip say, World. Did you say you're someone likes Pac-Man? Yeah. Let me let me just let me grab something. Okay. This is very exciting. Oh, I've got to give a shout out to my Patreons in a bit. I'll Weirdly, I have lost the Pac-Man one, but it is in this house somewhere. What did you have? But uh, I recently got sent like these, and inside is like a tiny little game. Whoa! Whoa! What? Uh, so hang on, you're holding up what looks like a small little tin. It's like an Altoids tin. And, and it is an Altoids tin. It took me a second to get that. Um, and inside, there's a game. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. So I, I got sent this by... It's the randomest, the, the weirdest story ever. I'll actually keep it short and sweet. I wanted to buy a Go motorbike. On. Went to this guy's house to collect the motorbike. In his garage, he had a slush puppy machine. I was like, what's going on there? And he said, I own a toy company. And I said, like, when you mean own, you mean, like, you actually manufacture them? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I make them. I was like, what, your, like, inventions? And he was like, yeah, some of them. Turns out this guy, Fizz Creations. Fizz Creations, yes. Lovely, lovely guy. He just he just owns that company. And I was like, that's crazy. I'm a wow. YouTuber. And and he was telling me he has licenses to all of the like like Tetris, Pac-Man, literally the license to Mega Drive, Sonic, all of these things. And the guy, his name's Lawrence, he sent me a box of like all of their range of toys. Oh, I like Lo- Lawrence. Like, I'll send you my address. If what you want a lovely it, guy. So That's brilliant. Lawrence sent me and it's they've been on my wash basket since I made the videos. This Tetris one and a Pac-Man one. That give, is beautiful. Give me your address and I'll send them to you for your kids. Oh man, thank you. Yeah, I don't know what to do with them, but they've been sat on my uh, on my oh, wash basket. Oh, they will they and will I've be got, well loved. I've got enough stuff. Look at this. Look at this crazy. He's spinning the camera around. Can you can you see? Yeah. These are all Game Boys. <laughs> and then these are all boxes of Game Boys. I'm not even kidding. I, there, there is I do work now as a counselor, uh, Elliot. So if you need if you need someone a professional to talk to, I'd be very, very happy to take you on as a client. I'm too far gone. Um <laughs> It's been so lovely to meet you. Thank you so, so much. What was it's, your thoughts on Trip World? <laughs> uh 
Uh, it was really tough. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Surely there's more. To, you, you have to, you must quickly, just two minutes. I, I played it on emulator, so it's always a slightly different experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So it's, it's a platformer you can change into a fish and a bird and, um, you go around and you beat people up and, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And I thought for a Game Boy game as well, I didn't have much experience with the Game Boy. It looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. Great game. Really great game. I yeah. wouldn't pay $200 for it. Well, luckily, I was going to say something that's maybe um, maybe, maybe not like what incriminating. So I won't say that. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, the only way to obtain the games is legally by paying for them by the correct sources or, and or the physical thing. Well, uh, there is a whole debate about digital preservation slash piracy, which we won't go into now. Um, so the Retro Future is the YouTube. There's the Retro Future 2 as well. That's, that's is that just, the other yeah, one? Yeah, the other one is um, that's the URL. Uh, I don't know how you even spotted that. That's crazy. Yeah. But it, my, my, uh, my, my YouTube channel, my second channel is called Elliot Cole, um, which is just my random stuff. I just make videos on any, everything and anything. I just uploaded a video about a motorbike I'm restoring. Love it. So nice to meet you, man. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely to meet you too. Time for me to thank my wonderful Patreons. Uh, I want to say hello and thank you to Craig, to Harsh, to Martin and to Sam. And of course, executive producer, Matt Stanley Evans. Go and have a look at the Patreon if you want to get your name read out on the credits. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.